You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. Hang on, wasn't ready. Nobody's ready. So Max was driving today. Yeah. And he, um, <coughs> he, he, he watches his daddy. Yep. And so he will get behind people and he'll be like, hurry up. What is taking so long? This guy's going so slow. Like, what is he doing? He's been driving for five minutes. For five minutes. And I'm just like, you need to chill because I say that. I say, you don't even know how to, you don't know how to drive. If you heard that gurgle, by the way, that was my stomach. But go on. I said, you're learning how to drive. So I said, you need to calm down. Mm -hmm. And he goes, are you kidding me? The guy doesn't even have his blinkler on. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> his blinkler. I said, what? And like, he just like smiled at me. I was like, oh yeah, I heard it. You just said blinkler. <laughs> what a loser. That's just the type of thing that will get you years worth of ridicule in our family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I'll walk up to him later tonight and I'll be like, Hey, how's that blinkler going? Hey, do you need any blinkler fluid? <laughs> blinkler. Huh. Max Blinkler King. Yeah. We had kind of a fire Bible study last night. It was good. Led by you and Heidi. Heidi and you. Led by Heidi. I just dropped random nuggets of information. What was it about? So God laid it on my heart to just read scripture we're, so what Pastor Tim always talks about yeah. is like, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Speaking of Pastor Tim, really quick, he has been a guest on here twice. Mm-hmm. And he just did his very first full episode of his new mm-hmm. podcast under the same Royal Lineage Media umbrella, mm-hmm. Crowned in Victory. So we have the real king, and then we have Crowned in Victory. Do mm-hmm. you see? Do you see? the theme yeah so shout out to him Mm -hmm. by the way um and i'm gonna put in a plug that if you like this one you'll probably like that one but it's more it's like half kind of autobiographical where he's doing a lot of storytelling but in he's a very good storyteller and within his storytelling he's weaving in scripture Mm -hmm. and lessons that he's learned along the way people that he's met things like that so it's very cool and he has a great voice for podcasting. So yeah. go check it out. Crowned in Victory podcast. Like him on Facebook. So anyway, he recommends that you go through the Gospels. So when he disciples people, yeah. he teaches them to go through the Gospels. And then when you finish reading them, read them again. then you start over. Mm-hmm. And you do it again. And then when you get to the end, then you start over and you read them again. Yeah, And you continue to do that process until you really get to know the nature and the character of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And then go read in the book of Acts. Yep. <clears throat> so what Heidi was doing is we we constantly reiterate that to people that we're speaking to, teaching, whatever. Um, but it feels like people don't do it. Yeah. Right. I feel like it doesn't feel like people don't do it. People People don't don't do do it. it. Like if if people come up to you and you're like, hey, where should I start reading the Bible? And you say Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. There is a probably 70, 30 chance that they just took that information and just fully disregarded it. And then they go play Bible roulette. Lord, speak to me. They flip it open, slam their finger down and they're like right in the middle of Leviticus. If people are like struggling to start. Do you think that also, like Matthew, each one is a little bit different because it's different people's accounts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like Matthew talks a lot about lineage. And then it starts with like the Christmas story. And I think that people get too caught up on like seasons. Do you know what I mean? This might sound weird, but like if it's the middle of summer and you're like reading about baby Jesus, like there's something that is a disconnect, especially here in the north. 
Do you know what I mean? It, it could also be that thing where they read. They, some people probably start reading the lineage and then they, they check out right there. Yeah. And then some people probably get into like the birth of Jesus and Mary and they're like, well, I've heard that a billion times. Right. Like well, I get it. The nice thing about the way we're doing it, though, is so there was people you could see in their eyes starting to check out when we were going through the lineage. And yep. we were able to stop and, and point out some certain things. Like, mm-hmm. look at this. Yeah. Rahab was in that bloodline. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And you are able to put some things together that they might not otherwise ever notice because the Bible right. is full of mysteries. Yeah. Now, if you make those connections and you start to see that God has constantly used people that come from a, a very specific, uh, sometimes even shady background. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he uses those people to, to write history with. Yeah. Do you, I just had a thought. <clears throat> so you know how, English. like, you guys are less into it now, but you used to be more into it. And Carlos and I are into watching Marvel movies. Right. When you watch, stick with me, because I know this sounds like it's out of left field at the moment. But when you watch the Marvel movies in order... Not order right. that they were released, but order of the story. Mm-hmm. There's Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. And everything in the Marvel Universe or multiverse is connected. Is intricately mm-hmm. connected. Mm-hmm. Like, it's actually mind-boggling. But it's nothing in comparison to the word. Right. Yeah. You can... You can discover the same sorts of oh. Easter eggs, Easter eggs, mm-hmm. Could, like intricate you... connections. You start to draw lines. Like, wait a minute, is that yep. what they talked about over here? Yeah. And you start to like mm-hmm. look at timelines and geographical locations of things, and you're like, holy cow! Yeah. Then you start to relate it to like where we are currently. Like, it really isn't that long mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. You know, and this was happening at the same time, and yeah. oh my gosh, you know. So anyway, I just think I I think people dismiss the Bible as being like this dry. First of all, it's living. It's not dry at all. No, it's a living word. That's right. And it's alive today. And God says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Mm -hmm. Shout out John Mm -hmm. one one. Yeah. And in order to know him, you have to know his word. Yeah. So that's what you guys are doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because when I started this, I am a very, like we've said before, scheduled planned person. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. I figured out how many books were in each of the. Oh my gosh. I figured out how many. You have to read exactly this many scriptures. I figured out how many were in each one. Yep. And then I said, okay, I'm going to call this a 12 week course. That's so funny. And so, um, and it, which was, was bringing us like all the way to like, you know, Thanksgiving. And I was like, that's perfect timing. We got this. And so I'm like, all right, people. Like my goal is seven chapters a night, which shouldn't be a not. We have an you know hour and a half. Yeah, I was like, that's plenty of time because these chapters aren't like super super long. <laughs> Currently, so we've had three, three chapters, three sessions. Oh, okay. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. We are on chapter eight. <laughs> that checks like, out. And it's funny though, because just these chapters is provoke i'm not reading it the reason i wanted to go through this is because i didn't want people to read it to just check it off the list Mm -hmm. i wanted them to take time and read the scriptures for what they were actually saying what they were actually meaning and to actually think about it right and to make a connection in your brain because that's how the process of head knowledge to heart knowledge mm-hmm. start to starts to take place. Because <laughs> I could read the whole book of Psalm ni- like I could read all Psalm ninety one. Yeah. Every single day. Right. But if I'm just high level reading it 
where I'm not actually thinking about what I'm reading and like digesting it and chewing on it and just Mm -hmm. like pondering on that, it's going to do nothing for me. Because if somebody would say, what does Psalm 91 say? And I'm like, actually, I don't really know, but I've been reading it for like the past four days. There is a disconnect there. You're mm-hmm. not supposed to read the Bible and read scripture just to check it off your your list for the day so that you can get your click on the Holy Bible app. Like you need yeah, to actually it's not just for your streak. Think yeah. about what you're reading and let it connect to what you're actually doing. And so that's what we've been doing in these in these Bible studies weekly. And we've only gotten to eight. Granted, the people have been somewhat quieter, but it's it's also like stirring up a lot with with the, the, the two pastors in the church and just them bringing some personal experiences and stuff there. But the people I noticed are starting to, they're thinking about it now. And they're actually like asking questions and bringing things to light. And, oh, I never thought about it like that before. Do you read the whole time or do you go around? I read the whole time. It, it's nice the way we're doing it because one I, I understand engaging everybody and yeah. having them read. I was just curious. But I do stop. So after I read something, because I go verse by verse. Yeah. So like if, if Holy Spirit pricks me in mm-hmm. that particular verse, I'm like, all right, now what did that just say? Mm-hmm. And I wait. Because again, so many people go into autopilot, man. Mm-hmm. They go into mm-hmm. autopilot when it comes to scripture. And it's it's such a, a easy in for the devil. Yeah, and, and when yeah. when you start to hear these stories, you have recall, and you're like, oh, yeah, I've, I, I know this. I know mm-hmm. this. But there's details. But yeah. we've got a very specific anointing for teaching. Yeah. Because we've went through so much. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was just talking with somebody, and they're like, man, you've lived to like a hundred lives. Yeah. Do you know what I was just thinking, though, is... A lot. It's called a Bible study. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not like a bait and switch. Right. Right. But so often people host quote Bible studies, but they're not actually studying the Bible. They they read like four scriptures and then they go around and say, "Does anybody have a prayer request?" And they have coffee together and they chit chat, but they're not getting. It's not. It, it there's no substance in it. Yeah. They talk and, about their kids. Yeah, and, and instead. Or they're reading a devotional together, which is mm-hmm. all of those things are also fine if your goal is fellowship. But if your goal is scholarship of the word mm-hmm. and to be a scholar and to understand it and be discipled and to get to know Jesus better, this is the way to do it. Yeah. And it, it, it can be jarring, though, if somebody is like they're used to a certain type of a quote vibe and then they walk in and they're like, I'm going to go to Bible study. I really need to be lifted up today. And you start to read scripture. There are people that are let down by by that. Yeah. And then. And that, that right there in itself is is another thing that ever since God started to put the word in me where I, I get up in front of people sometimes and I speak or like I do these things. Mm -hmm. I actually have been on the side of scripture heavy versus story heavy. Yeah. But, but because like, it's never a pastor's job to go up there and entertain people. Right. It the word. <laughs> it speaks for itself. That sh- that should be. That's what that's what we need to lead these people into, because mm-hmm. I the word should fire you up just as much as it fires me up. Yeah. It's the one thing that'll never pass away. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, miracles are short lived. Jesus calls Lazarus out from the tomb. The the whole. Everybody was there, the mourners, everybody. They witnessed the dead being called out and raised. And weeks later, during the feast, they're all in their homes, and not one came out to the foot of the cross to declare him as who he was and to defend him. Mm -hmm. Like them seeing somebody raised from the dead was not enough for them to fully commit to who he was. Yeah. And I understand he had to go to the cross and he had to do, you know, fulfill all righteousness. Yeah. But when we show up to church expecting an event, yep. mm-hmm. um, something that's going to uplift us and embolden us or whatever, it, it doesn't matter what you witness at church. If you're not discipled well, yeah. 
you still won't be able to respond to spiritual warfare or the temptation or attacks of the enemy unless you know scripture in context. Yeah. You you can't even go in in intimacy in like the secret place Mm-mm. because you don't know him. There's so many people that are like I want closeness with the father and they haven't cracked open his love letter mm-hmm. that has his actual literal words that he said yeah. written down in red. Yeah. I started to pray That's today. That's crazy. Yeah. I was driving to Stanley and there's there just some the stuff The town, going on. not the person. Right. And, and I'm driving Stanley. and I, I started to pray. I was worshiping. Um, and I, I said something in prayer. And all of a sudden I caught myself and I said, God, I'm sorry. I'm that that's manipulative speech. Mm. Like what I was praying was to get things my way. And it was manipulative. Yeah. And I I, I immediately I know the Holy Spirit brought that to my attention. Mm -hmm. You don't have to manipulate God. He knows your every need. Yeah. Mm hmm. So you don't have to trick him into answering prayer. Yeah. What you People have to have is intimacy. People do it with little kids. Ooh, have all the little kids pray. They got perfect faith. No, but like, yeah, they do that. But like what I was saying is like, they'll be like, well, God, you did this. Well, we're supposed to stand on the scripture. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to use that as that. That's our, our chalk line. Our that's foundation. The, the, yes. But it's precedent. Right. Mm-hmm. But that legislation is not to accuse God well, and yeah. if or I trust, manipulate God. Yeah. It's to be, it's to use as a weapon of warfare against the enemy. If I trust who he is like and how it's consistent written. he is, mm-hmm. I don't have to manipulate through words. Because he, he says that in the Lord's Prayer. Not to, not to heap up. Vain repetition. God, Rep- yeah. it, said, it says God hates vain repetitions. Right. He hates vain repetition. Don't do what the what the Gentiles do and, mm-hmm. and repeat yourself over and over, because a lot of a lot of that is based in a lack of trust. It can be confusing because it does also say ask and keep, and on, keep asking. on asking. Yeah, so those are the kind of things <laughs> that right there. But the right context there. is different. Yeah, Hold the on. context. Those are the kind of things that uh, my boss. <laughs> so. A lady that listens, she's Shout like, out. she's like, you're starting to get some authority. And I was like, How, what does that mean? How can you hear that? And she's like, because you start to say, hold on when you want to start to talk. And I'm like, hold on. oh, yeah. I said, well, it's a it's a hard job to get a word in between these two. Like, yeah. let me tell you. Um, but that's the kind of stuff right there that we are hitting in these sessions is those questions because mm-hmm. vain repetition seems contradictory to ask and keep on asking. Yeah. And like, that's the kind of stuff that we're pulling out and like discussing with people because I agree. Like when I, cause when I read scripture, I read it extremely literal. Yeah. Like that's exactly what I'm supposed to do. And a lot of the times it really is heart posture because vain repetition might be completely different Mm -hmm. than me just saying, Lord, I trust you. Lord, thank you for that healing. I trust you. Thank you for that healing. I trust you. Could be completely different than vain repetitions. That could not be considered a vain repetition. If you're doing it in the right spirit and just standing on God's word and every single time the devil tries to attack you mentally, you just stand on it and you stand on it and you stand on it. Mm -hmm. I don't consider that a vain repetition. No. No. And you, you have to enter in in thanksgiving and praise. Yep. So when we enter in with a request or a, a plea for help, that doesn't move God because his word says that we have to enter in with thanksgiving and praise. So we start with thanking him for what we have. We start with thanking him for the life, the breath we have in our lungs, mm-hmm. and then we praise him for it. God, you're yeah. a good God. You've done so much for me already. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where I got hit today with it was almost manipulative the way I was saying you're a good God and I appreciate everything you do for me because I didn't feel it. Mm. I didn't feel what I was saying because I, I was I felt helpless at the moment. Mm-hmm. 
And that helplessness got exposed, and I, I could see that my trust is broken. Mm. Yep. So with broken trust... You were flailing a little bit. You can't, yeah, you you can't, you can't continue on with that and think it's going to fix itself. Right. You have to let God work on that. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of more of that taking things literal thing is the verses in Mark 6, 16, where it talks about fasting. So it says, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Mm -hmm. So when I read that, because I read the word so literally, I was like, no one can know I'm fasting ever. And I take it, I, I take it to an extreme. And like before, um, I mean, we've been, we've always done a lot of fasting, but just these past, like this past year or two has been like, you know, changing our fasting mm-hmm. because I, I would, I would act weird. Like, so if I was doing a fast, somebody would come up to me and like, say like, you know, are you doing a fast? Like, and I'd be like, and I would panic and I'd be like in my brain, Lord, what am I supposed to do here? Because if I say I'm fasting right now, I'm going to lose my reward. And it's that kind of stuff there where it's like, calm down. Calm down. He's not like, it's, there's a difference between, between bragging. bragging about it and trying to bring attention to yourself that you're doing it and a difference to just calmly respond to somebody if they directly <laughs> right. ask you. Like, you're not walking up to somebody eating a donut at church and be, be like, must be nice, I'm fasting <laughs> yeah. today. Yeah. And Versus, like, somebody offers you something, you decline, and they're like, oh. Like, you when know. You, yeah. When you understand God's grace and mercy, and you're in a situation like that, it can be a teachable moment for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because now they're intrigued with the fact that you would give up food. Yeah. I've had a lot of people be like, I could never, you know? And so many people I know just do like a Daniel's diet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Whatever God puts on your heart. Mm-hmm. It's just not in, you know, the only place that, that they did that was when when they were going to um, not eat. Yeah, when they were going <laughs> to not eat. The I think unclean, it's in Daniel. When the unclean thing. But Joke. what did they Joke. do? What did they do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, they went up after the, the days of eating a certain way. They went into a competition with the best of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when we do a Daniel's fast or something like that, we're not preparing for anything, really. We're, we're, we're just waiting for God to talk to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even with the next verse where it goes into do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will mm-hmm. be also. So again, when I first read this, I read it extremely literal yeah. where I can't have any treasures on this earth whatsoever. Forget a house. Forget a car. Forget anything nice. Do you think God just sometimes is like rubbing his temples? Like, will you get it together, honey? Because that's where my heart's going to be. That's where my, that's so where my treasure many is. people that. And I, I think that's also why the pastor mentions to read them more than once. Because you need, it needs to like come on home to you. Yeah, because again, it goes back to that, that posture. Can you, can you have a house here on earth? Absolutely you can. You know what I think some of it is? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. But, like, if you and I had just met and you're like, shut up, I'd be like, this person I don't even know just told me to shut up. Mm -hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you'd be taken aback by it. Yeah. Because when you know someone really well, you hear them differently. Yeah. I can tell you the moment when Heidi says, yeah, okay, and she doesn't mean it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like when I tell her like about an idea or something, like we brainstorm a lot with like managing the kids stuff with like chores and homework and all that. And I've been like, oh, you know what you should do? She's like, yeah. Hmm. I can tell the minute. You know, you know, I don't know why, because I know her and I know the tone. 
right? The the more you read it, the more you get to know him, Mm -hmm. you get to, you're in tune with the sound of his voice. Mm -hmm. You get to understand what he sounds like. Uh, We also talked about probably almost a year ago at this point, when your husband, when Joe texts you, he texts you a certain way. Yeah. If I were to pick up his phone and text you, you would immediately know it's not him Mm -hmm. because you know how he speaks to you. Yeah. The word is the same way. So when you get into it and you're on your third or fourth trip through, you're hearing it differently because now you're not just an acquaintance. You're becoming a close friend of God. Then you're no longer thinking of treasure in a physical sense because when we think of treasures on this earth, we're thinking of things that are physical, you know, gold, diamonds, homes, boats, jet skis, cars. And when you think about um, treasures in heaven, mm-hmm. you 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 can actually build that bank account and that treasure in heaven through those things on this earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you tithe, yeah, not only are you physically giving earthly wealth into the body of Christ to be used to to share the gospel and further the gospel message. But you're also being obedient, mm-hmm. which obedience is, it's a direct reflection of the fruit of the spirit active in your person. Mm-hmm. So now your personality has been manifesting fruit. And because you love and want to please God, now you're sowing. Mm-hmm. Now that's where God starts to add to your bank account. So treasures in heaven could be God trusting you. Mm-hmm. with things on this earth because he knows you'll steward them well yeah with the treasures though like there there is a, a, a the reason also that he w- does not want them to be just solely here is because you get consumed by them they be get, they can easily become idols so like i know many people where their homes are their life yeah. Yeah. It's everything. Like everything has to revolve around it, reflect around it. And same with cars. All like, the way to church on Sunday morning. I I just look and there's people out there making sure their sprinkler heads are working because their lawn's not green. Yeah, enough. Dad always talks about this. Like you can see people. Yeah. They're in worship. Yeah. Yes. And that's what that's another thing with that verse is you can't worship that. Like there's people that will like park their cars on carpet and no one can touch it. Like no Mm -hmm. grandkids can go anywhere near it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like don't even look at it because you're going to mess it up. That has now become an idol. Like you Mm -hmm. need to be able to like, you can have cars, houses, boats, whatever you want. It could be yourself to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And even getting too caught up in all of this. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything that puts space between you and God had a, um, he had like a Yanko Chevelle. It's like this special package. And we were talking one day and he had sold that car. He, he was telling me he took. He loved that car. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. well, they had to find it in Arizona and then they redid it and they did everything perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think he said he took eleven or a $9,000 loss. And I mm-hmm. said, well, why did you sell it? Because I'm thinking you have a lot of grandkids. You could have willed that to somebody. Um, and he said. The Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and showed me I was in idolatry with it. Mm-hmm. Mm. He said I was talking about that car more than I was talking about him. I was paying attention to that car more than I was. And this man, if you would have met him and talked to him, there wasn't much room in between him talking about the Lord to talk about those things. So it wasn't like he was consumed by it like you and I would mm-hmm. think. Yeah. But it was enough where God said, I want my space back. Yeah. This, this car is invading my space in your life Mm -hmm. and all these things will pass away, but my word and you and I will be eternal together. Yeah. Do you know what I hear in that? Cause I think some people hear that and they feel like it's a reprimand, but he's like, I'm, I miss you. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like grandpa, that was his spirit saying, I miss God. I'm, there's a we're we're there's distance. Yeah. There's separation, there's space here and I I don't like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And your spirit man will recognize that before your your oh, yeah. mentality will, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Um so then it gets down to 
I'm going to kind of skip here yeah. over to seven. Um, but narrow is the way. Yeah. Uh, this one was hard for me. So it says, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Mm-hmm. When I first read that, I read it so literal that it actually felt like a condemning verse to me because it felt like no one was going to make it. Yeah. When I read there are few who find it, I was like, well, then what are we even doing here? Like, how do I know if I'm ever going to find it? L- yeah. Like, why yeah. why are we even running this race if very few of us are going to find it? And that bothered me. Like, I was just like, man, like. Because you're, then you're constantly striving. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then so for many years, actually, I just didn't. I'm going to say it. I didn't like that verse. I know some people are like, oh, my gosh, you say it in like a verse. But I didn't. It bothered me. It felt like no one was ever going to make it. Um, and I didn't like that thought. And so I just pushed it down until all of a sudden Joe was like, that's not what it's saying at all. Well, <laughs> you look at the context of it, too. So what is Jesus saying before that? Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son ask him for bread, will give him a stone? Mm-hmm. Or if he ask for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Mm-hmm. So he's establishing in the verses prior to that, what a good father we have. And he's yeah. saying, I want you to mirror me on earth. And then it says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. The For this rule. is the law yeah. and the prophets. Yeah. So what do I always tell you? You want good friends? Be, be a be best a friend, friend to somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever you, he always tells me this, whatever you want out of life, do that. Because that will you get want your kids to, to be you. blessed. You sow into other people's kids and your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm always planting seed for a hundred year harvest. Mm-hmm. I want my grandkids, grandkids to reap a harvest of things that I've done on this earth. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. So the narrow gate. Mm-hmm. What was Jesus's words? You're the one that came in me right I'm now. I'm the way, the truth, and the <laughs> life. No one enters but through me. Yeah. He's the gate. Yeah. So like when people get asked the question, is there only one way into heaven? Yes. Right. It's through Jesus Christ. It's right. through the atoning blood, the sacrificial blood of the lamb. Yeah. But there's a million ways that you can mm-hmm. destroy yourself yeah. yes. and yeah. lose your salvation. That is a broad well, gate. Well, there's yeah. even a lot of people that are like, well, I believe in Jesus, but I believe in all these others, too. That That's a common thing. Mm-hmm. So, so narrow is the gate is he's the only. If you read, the only. If you read that, those scriptures out of context, then you all of a sudden think it's this restrictive verse that that makes it so just a, it's a very and brimstone few, yeah, yeah the only the elite in yeah. their faith and righteousness it, are gonna come through and it has nothing to do with that it makes it feel unattainable yeah that's how i kept that's, reading it. it makes yes. it feel like i can't how yeah. i know i'm imperfect and it feels unattainable and then i'm supposed to be here spreading the good news yes i said those exact things <laughs> That's so funny. Like, maybe I should start with the good news that <laughs> yeah. few are going to find it. This yeah. is the thing, though. This is the thing. Yeah. When you when you are on the road, the way is easy and the gate is wide that leads to destruction, mm-hmm. right? So when you're on that road, think about how when you walk through an airport or the Mall of America or some place that's just packed and crowded and people are just doing whatever they want, and people are entitled, you feel like you're existing. Yeah. You're, you're in existence there. 
Mm-hmm. You don't have any authority. You don't have any power. You don't have anything but your one-way ticket to just get to your final destination. You're just like, I just got to get there. So You're not even a face. Like, people don't right. even acknowledge your face. Yeah. yeah, so when you're on this wide way, it leads to destruction. And those who enter it, enter by it, mm-hmm. are many. So there's a lot of people that that they just get stuck in that place because they need somebody to share the truth. Yeah. The good news. When we look at Jesus, the narrow gate, the one way in, what happens? You all of a sudden start seeking. Mm-hmm. You've been knocking, the doors open. Like you seek and you'll find. All of a sudden yeah. you get that revelation. You have that intimacy with Jesus. You realize who he is and what he did for you. Mm-hmm. Now you've entered in to that narrow gate. Right. You've entered in, you've stepped through, and now now what happens? You've been given all authority and power. So what looked like a narrow gate turns out to be this amazing opportunity so you now you no longer look through things in in physical fleshly eyesight but you look through them in eternal lens Mm -hmm. form and you're looking through the blood of jesus and everything in front of you your your discernment changes you're no longer seeing just the bad in everybody Mm -hmm. but you start to see the potential of what god put in them before they were in their mother's womb and corrupt corrupted by the the acts of evil on this earth you start to see people for what they could be instead of what they're manifesting or what they are Mm -hmm. so when you have that experience where you enter in through that narrow gate and you realize there's only one way you start to have a a conviction to Mm -hmm. share that knowledge with others so now people are no longer an inconvenience to you they're no longer inconveniencing you there, there's somebody that needs to know what you know. There, there's somebody that you can help. You, you now wield and hold the the keys to death, hell, and death, hell, and the grave. You have the answer. Mm-hmm. And then, anything that presents itself from that moment forward, you're equipped. Mm-hmm. You've you've been given all those things: the power, authority, dominion. But you also, your tongue is as if, as, as the pe- uh, pen in the hand of a ready writer is yeah. what it says in Psalms. Mm-hmm. You will have the words, like he'll quicken your mortal body. There's mm-hmm. so many things that happen through that. So if we read those scriptures out of context, it's like, oh, I'm going to lose. I'm going to have to lose everything. Uh, I'm going to lose my community. I'm going to lose my social status and my social group because there's no way any of those guys are getting in. Well, it's funny that you say community because as you were talking about it, I was thinking to myself, you can be shoulder to shoulder with so many people and headed right down a path towards hell and destruction for your life. And side by side, dragging people along with you, linked arms, Mm -hmm. you know, for some reason, I always think of like rock fest. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you can go in droves. Yeah. But you can when you when you go to the father and you you get to know god and you you come to christ the gate is narrow cuz it's you and him it's not you him and your spouse making that covenant it's you and him and so- like you go through that door alone you're on the other side you have the community you have the church you have your family right like you have the richness there, but you can't get through there without just you and him. Do you get what I'm saying? God knows mankind because he made us. He yeah. knows our nature and he knows the curse of sin that entered the flesh. He knows that in order for us to enter in, we got to come as little children. We got to be inquisitive in nature. We want to mm-hmm. get in there and play. You know, we want to we want to ask questions. We want to say the things that mom and dad are like, don't say that. You know what about little children, though, that just hit my brain when you were talking? They also trust. Yeah. Are they inquisitive and do they ask questions? Absolutely. But also, they're not skeptical. No. 
when when an adult talks, most children they take that as truth, well, and they're like, yeah. When you have a narrow way, a narrow gate, right? You have one way in. I've been out. I was uh, hi, uh, Christina and I both were were servers in restaurants. Mm-hmm. There's always one person at the table that's overwhelmed, and they need a minute. Like when the people sitting. Lot, the when people you have a lot of choices on a menu, that's why food trucks are so popular. They have like maybe 10 things, a lot of times like three to five. I can give a dissertation on this. So people yeah. come up and I they have less choices. Mm-hmm. They have one way to eat. Eat the special, whatever's on the board, five ninety nine. Eat the special. Like it's so much easier for some people to get the same thing they get every time because it's just easier, right? Because they get overwhelmed in decision making. Mm-hmm. It's like you and I, where do you want to eat tonight? Well, let's go here. I don't care. I can eat anywhere. Okay, let's go here. No, I can't eat there. <laughs> yeah. So there's always that, that discord when mm-hmm. it comes to that question, right? So if, if God gave us 18 opportunities to enter into the kingdom, some people would be overwhelmed and not choose one. Mm. Other people would choose one and then fight and say it was the only way. Mm-hmm. And then there would be discord in the body. Other people would try and pick three and, and make some sort of doctrine out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, look at, look, at, look at the churches, the we Baptists, the, yeah. the Lutherans. The, I mean, there's like 18 different types of Lutheran. Yep. You know, and everybody's way is the right way. Yeah. But the problem is they're all wrong. And there's only one. And we're way. right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is right. <laughs> it's the joke. You know, the guy gets to heaven. Yeah. Everybody has their opinion. Yeah. But they're all wrong when it comes to what what It's God... funny that you say that because non denominational I feel like non denominational can fit into that religion box just as bad they do. as they do. the Baptists and the Lutherans and the Catholics. The yeah. problem with the non-denominational um, is because you you have a tendency to have an easier acceptance of the gifts, but they're in full rebellion mm-hmm. all the time. Yes. Also, I'm, re- I'm protest Protestants yeah. completely are. They're they're protesting, right? They they've they've had um, reformation from you know Greek Orthodox or Catholicism or whatever. So they they have this reformation. So they they started into this this evangelical move of God through rebellion. So we have to be really careful as as Christian people that are evangelical that we don't use that gift. That was that was what brought us out of that that spiritual bondage, and go the other way with it. If you notice in a lot of non-denominational churches, people leave churches all the time because they're offended and not fed. Yeah, it, it, you got my brain going though. I know they're you're doing. I know you were doing that as a joke, but like, what if? Like, what if right now we would be because we're talking about narrow is the gate here and he's the only way what if we would pull in a non-denominational pastor mm-hmm. with a catholic pastor and a baptist pastor and a lutheran pastor what would occur like i feel like it would just be this at first this is what would occur at first they would focus on what they agree on but mm. then very quickly it would just take one of them to start to pull out a thread and then you would see where they yep. start to draw the line. Everybody's and got a hill they're willing to die Of on. course. I will say this. Non-denominational, evangelical, there are people that actually leave that and go. Yeah. Catholic, Lutheran, more reserved. Traditional. Because they're, along with sort of the rebellion of it, there's sometimes an actual, like, grievance level of um like lack of what's the word decorum and formality respect Mm -hmm. and respect and it's too casual Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we have people right now that are evangelical and they swear like cuss Mm -hmm. over the pulpit yeah Mm -hmm. they make 
jokes about sex and drugs and things like that over the pulpit. They wear t-shirts and things. And these are people that I respect that are, they're actually really good ministers. If, but they're wearing like a Metallica Mm t-shirt at the pulpit. Mm -hmm. And like, we were just watching a video before this and Preston Morrison. Yes. He's like, the only reason we're able to approach the father is because of the blood of the son. Yep. Yeah. And there's, there has to be reverence for that. And there's actually a a lack of holiness. You know what that is? A lukewarm church. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's what we need to avoid. We need to get to know Jesus. We need, and when you get to know him, you get on fire for him. You fall in love with him. Yeah. And the more time you spend with him, the more the more time you want to spend with him. Mm-hmm. And then I, you crave it. One of the most frustrating things that I run into in my personal walk is when I see people so bored with what they're doing that they're always looking for, you know, some sort of event, whether it be gossip or um, offense or something like that, it's really hard because if we were all really busy and we all were focused on honoring the blood that was shed for us, the churches would be full mm-hmm. and an awakening would be happening. Yeah, There wouldn't be need for revival. They wouldn't have to revive mm-hmm. something that was once alive and now dead. Yeah, The passion that once raged in the fire of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire would not have went out and it would be a focus on awakening. Like the eunuch went back to Ethiopia after his encounter with Philip. And there was an awakening there where people got saved, set free, baptized. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be the focus of, of us as the body of Christ, as, as disciples. People would look at themselves as disciples instead yeah. of churchgoers. Yeah. Like, how do I become a member? Do I go to classes? Yeah. Kinda. Like, d- discipleship is in the streets, man. You you got to get out there and have conversations. I had one of the most uncomfortable conversations yesterday morning with somebody that's been around for years. And, and like, it was this whole... I, I said something about being spiritual and they just went for it. They're like, you don't mean God, do you? And I'm like, yes. Like what God? And I'm like, I guess the, like the, the Judeo Christian, <laughs> the only one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like the one that Christianity uh, derives from, Oh, I don't like that one, but I'm very spiritual. And I'm like, I bet you are. Yeah. And, but I went into my testimony and that person uh, is in, is, is a medical professional and there were certain things I said that were spoken over me by a medical professional that that person all of a sudden stopped and said, Ooh, you were really bad. You're Mm -hmm. like in bad shape. And I said, yeah. And then there was a moment of, of attention and there was seed sown and then the opportunity was quickly lost. Some kids came into the room. Well, it felt like it. Right. But right. Now you planted the seed. You know what's crazy? What happened was the daughter. Yeah. Well, you planted a seed with listened. her before. Yeah. You're at a different stage in horticulture. Yeah. Well, <laughs> even, even though the daughters her. heard my testimony That's before, what I'm saying. She stayed and listened to the rest of it. Yes. She was like so respectful of it. Because you've plowed that ground before. Yeah. Easier to get through a second time. Yeah. But you planted the seed. That's the most that's the most difficult part of evangelism, I think, is you walk away and trust that God is gonna send somebody to water it. Mm-hmm. Well it was so it was so hard too, because after after that happened, then the rest of the conversation until that person left was full of vulgarity and cuss words. And even though she knew that and this was a woman, even mm-hmm. though she knew that I was a man of God then it was like all rebellion and hell broke loose it wasn't it wasn't her right it was spiritual like even the daughter noticed like oh gosh and apologized and i'm like you know what like this mm-hmm. is something that that if we're going to be real we're going to encounter it right 
If you want to, if you want to see the church grow, but you only want to encounter other Christians that receive from you and only correct other Christians that have already heard the good news because they'll forgive you, then you're going to have a really boring walk see, with Joe's Christ. See, Joe's like really resilient. And I'm like, so let me tell you about Jesus. And then they're like, uh-huh, okay. And I'm like, do you love him now? Guarantee. <laughs> guarantee. And I want to hear you say it. <laughs> guarantee. Tell me you love him now. I guarantee. Like, Will the you next quit time, saying guarantee in the middle of my joke? <laughs> next time I run into this person, she'll probably try and hug me like we're best friends. And I'll be taken so off guard because, like, the way the conversation ended wasn't, like, exciting, wasn't well. But that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Once you're completely transparent and open with, the, like, your deepest, darkest with somebody, even if they don't receive it well, the next time they run into you, it's like they they know something about you that that they understand nobody else knows, and they have a different respect. So there will be another opportunity. Yeah, but I'm saying I want instant gratification. And so I want to be like, this is Jesus and I know him. Okay. And then hold <laughs> eye contact. You know, and you'd then, probably. Can you please can do I, that? Can, can I please can be like on your street go, team? Go live on that for one can I be? Can I be on your street team? This is my approach. <laughs> Actually, the fire that you were at has a street team. You can absolutely I know. do that. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. We are so blessed to have the privilege to share with you. If you haven't already, please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us by searching at The Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. The Real King Podcast is recorded in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It is hosted by Joe and Heidi King, who are joined each week by Christina Santamaria as a moderator and contributor. It is produced and edited by Joe and Heidi King and Carlos and Christina Santamaria. All content is under copyright and all rights are reserved.